Just take a moment to admire the fact I just hit a fairway. There's, there's, there's only two things that can happen. You can hit a good shot or a bad shot, so why waste time doing it? And where I would go, I, wherever I set course records or whatever, I would be barefooted, drunk, playing golf, making every 20-footer I looked at. Right at it. Right at it! Oh! John He's done it again! This is the dumbest hole I've ever played in my life. Come on then, Shane. Knock it close. Shane Lowry is the Open champion. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Fairway Finders. Welcome to episode number 25. It should be called the FOMO episode because that's what I'm feeling right now. Um, Donick and Steve have made it safely home um, from uh, Dubai. So lads, how are we doing? Fucking shook. <laughs> shook. Um, I put up a fucking, I've got a whoop strap and I put up the the sleep data from yesterday. So I got home uh, Monday morning Irish time into work grand, got my head down about five o'clock and slept until the following day. I think I was in bed for 14 hours and my my recovery percent is so anyone has a whoop strap 98 percent beat that motherfuckers That's it's the greatest insane, sleep in yeah. the history of man and uh we had the best week we had the best weekend one of the best weeks of my life um personally professionally absolutely one of the best weeks i've ever had uh how we're gonna cram everything that went on and all we experienced out there in dubai into this pod i don't know but uh should we give it a crack steve will we look there's not a chance we're gonna remember it all First of all, for myself, because my mem- my head's not working properly, and it probably won't work properly till maybe next Tuesday. But uh, yeah, look, we'll we'll have a chat. We had some great great highlights. We had some great times over there. Some great stories with them um, with people as well that we're not not going to get into all of them just because uh, <laughs> for for many different reasons. But yeah, no, we had a, a great trip and and looking forward to uh, to chatting about it. So what one thing I, I mean, want... sorry, go on, go on, Donica, there you go ahead. No, go on, you you you. Ask us as many questions as you want, and we'll give you all the answers. Yeah, I mean, I, think, I don't even know where to start. It was so amazing as a week. I, I think, I suppose, because like Steve, I suppose you you picked up the actual you picked up the actual um, media passes, right? So I guess my question would be: Could you just obviously, like you know, I have no idea. Most of the, of the listeners have no idea. Could you just maybe chat us through, like, from when you? arrived at the hotel going up to that table to pick up the pass like you know what what was that all like like you know what what that process was, i guess was all about well bro i i've no fucking idea either to be honest um but i'll i'll do i'll do my best so yeah rocked up there on the the wednesday um the day before the tournament started and went up to the accreditation office and basically just said yeah i'm here with the fairway finders looking to pick up my pass picked it up and uh, well, a little bit of concern there because she couldn't find my my name at first, and I was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" I only I only flew halfway across the world, so no no big deal. But um, yeah, got the pass in the end anyway. Went up to the the media center, um, passed all the you know the areas where all the peasants like Donny walked to um up to the <laughs> you fucking <laughs> up to the the media center, uh, and th- like the first thing that that. That struck me was on the way from the walk up um past the, the peasant section up to where the media center is was like all the players are just roaming around there as if it's you know just walking down the street so on my way to going into the media center for the first time just passed by danny willett who's a major champion and and multiple european tour winner just gave him the nod walking by as if i was supposed to be there but yeah the, the big thing for me like i didn't have a clue 
what to expect, how to act, who to talk to, who not to talk to. So just went into it really with no no fear and um, got my little spot in the media center, set up my laptop, pretended to do some sort of media work for about 15 or 20 minutes and then uh, left and walked around. And, and the, the good thing with the Wednesday was that we got to play in the media day. Well, I got to play in the media day. Sorry, Donnie. Um, which was on the, the sister course to where the pros played this week and the pros played there last week. Um, so yeah, we got to go out on that. They gave us all of the golf bags, golf balls, just everything you could want. Cans in particular, they fed us them like there's no tomorrow. So that combined with the desert heat, I was come Wednesday night, I was an absolute shell of a man after <laughs> we, uh, but I had to stay up till 2 a.m. because Donnie was arriving in that night. So. Oh, a lot, so I arrived into the hotel. I had my own, I had the worst travel experience, my fucking life going over. Uh, wasn't allowed on the flight to Amsterdam because I didn't have a PCR result, even though you didn't need one until you got to Dubai. There, I found the yin and yang of of um, air stewards in terms of one woman who was the least helpful woman on the planet and one woman called Maeve who works for KLM. She has no chance she's listening, but she literally made my whole week. Anyway, long story short, I finally got there. I arrive into the hotel, get a text from this lad that says... Uh, don't bother checking in. That's all sorted. Just come into the bar. Walk into the bar. Himself is sit down having a pint with um, one of Getty Images uh, photographers, Kevin Kirk, who Kirky, who's just the best lad I've ever met. What a gentleman. Um, one of the guys who does content for the European tour. And then uh, the agent for all the Scottish players. So Steve's already yeah. using his classic Waterford charm. Um, sat there for a couple of hours. Uh, Escorted Steve up to the room, which took more than one effort. Uh, we yeah, got there. And then, I was uh, in a, a bad, bad way. Apparently, couldn't remember the room number, banging off doors, struggling <laughs> to stand up. Like, I, I'm my quick little description here to Wednesday. I know I'm missing stuff, but yeah, the, the head isn't, the head's not right. The head just isn't right right now, but great time to do a podcast because I'm sure I say some stupid in shit. Fairness, over in fairness to you, Steve, like you were jet lagged to bits as well. Like, oh, yeah, it's only, helped. it's only nine hours ahead of where I was supposed to be and yeah look great great Wednesday to start off and then you arrived and it all went downhill I love your honesty mate thanks very much he's a prick bro do you know next time will you come instead because he just 100%. he just wins at me all week I feel like it's going to be one of those like Fleetwood Mac style things you know that like we might start fighting with each other unless I am the kind of middle man here, you know? <laughs> there'll, never, there'll never be the three of us in a room together. No, but come here. I suppose we better get into the actual tournament. And uh, yeah. so, um, I'm, look, we could talk about it. All four days were magic. Thursday for me was amazing because it was like I was at my own private um, world-class golf championship. It was almost like... A Pablo Escobar. Remember Pablo used to get all the top players to come play in his back garden in his fake little prison. It was so quiet. There was nobody really there on Thursday. Everybody was working. Um, Rory, we watched, follow, I followed Rory for most of the round. He played flawless golf. He was so yeah. in control. Was so and there was about 20 of us. There was about 20 of us following him around. It changed totally um, Friday, Saturday, because that's that's the, the the UAE weekend. They all work on Sunday, so Thursday is their Friday. Um, got so much busier, full of Irish, but still it was just absolutely brilliant. In terms of the actual uh, tournament, so <laughs> we just have to start at the end because there was we were treated to some immense drama 
um, particularly for Rory and for Morikawa on Sunday. So myself and Steve um, had both resolved that we were going to follow Rory in. He was a shot ahead coming down, uh, coming onto the 15th tee. There's a video actually that we posted on our Instagram story of him absolutely obliterating a golf ball off the 15th tee. Um, as a description of that on, on the on the blog, which we posted earlier. But this second shot, man, he's got 40 yards left. He's hit a chip. It's after flushing the pin and going in the front bunker. And the whole place has just gone deathly silence. Like everyone has their hands on their head. They can't believe what they're just seeing. About six, seven seconds go by and a, a, a gravelly Scottish voice roars out, come on, Rory. And everybody gets behind him. Rory looks as if, you know, disappointed, but looks fairly stoic. Um, clearly, it was a bit of an iceberg situation that he looked as if he wasn't too bothered by it, getting on with it, but it clearly affected him because he didn't get up and down. He then um, he then three-putted the next from about 25 feet. We'd all gone. Steve, remember, we all left. Oh, I do, green. yeah. Yeah, yes. we all left so, the green and walked. Sorry, go on. I should explain. I, I put a big bet on Rory on Friday morning after the... Uh, after his excellent opening round. Please gamble responsibly. So please gamble responsibly and within your means as well. Um, but I just couldn't see him not winning. So obviously going in on Sunday, I had to, had the big bet on him. I was following, following him around and I was saying to Donnie the whole day, yeah, this is this is done, this is over. Um, but the, the, big, the big thing for him was on 14, I think Donnie was what maybe lost it for him. I know 15 obviously was the final nail in the coffin, but 14, the power five, which is really gettable I mean he he just he was just short of it with a, a long iron for his second shot and for the second day in a row he made a bollocks of it so the, the day before me and Donnie watched him and he chunked the chip this time he did the opposite and hit a little bit thin and it rolled out probably 25 feet past the flag from just off the green which uh, I'd even fancy myself to get inside that to be honest uh, and he, he made power in the end which was a birdie hole would have opened him up a two shot lead and that obviously all these boys are watching whatever leaderboards are out there um although there was a little bit of a lack of them um i know me and Donald oh there was not enough leaderboards man it was yeah yeah it was but really but you irritating know, yeah you know mark how is going to be kept up with what's going on if he knows he's two behind rory playing the holes that he had to play coming in I, you know obviously it's it's ifs and maybes but um yeah i i actually think 14 was probably where Rory lost it, not birdieing it, and then 15 was the final nail in the coffin. Um, uh, I, I think, I don't know, I, I wouldn't... Uh, yeah, 14 was definitely disappointing because it's a, it's an, it's a beast of a hole. I think it's just, it's about 600 yards or 620, and he got onto the front edge with his power. Um, but coming on to the 15th, Morikawa went five under for his last seven holes, but coming on to 15, which is a birdie hole if you get your drive right, Rory was still one ahead. And then Morikawa went on a blaze. Did he birdie? Did he, did he birdie 14, 15. He, parred he birdied 16, he birdied 17. Birdied 17. And 17 is not a birdie hole at all. It's just really difficult. Oh. Par three over water. Um, was about 200 yards. I oh, know about one, one, 180, I think it is. But it's it's yeah, a really, some... really slopey green. A um, lot of loud fans around as well because there's a little hospitality it's a little, area. It's a little sawgrass tribute. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, myself and Donnie obviously joined in the hospitality after after we knew Rory had fucked it. We we're like, you know what? Let's just go up and have a pint. This is uh, yeah, this, yeah. this one's over. So, but, um, so yeah, on top it, of that, <coughs> in general, like Shane, Shane had spoken to the media after his uh, his Friday sixty five, where he was just flawless. He was so good, made so many puts. And um, we watched a good bit of him on Friday. But um, 
he was hoping, like, yeah, try and convince the Irish to take, so, you know, give them something to shout about on Sunday. Just didn't happen for Shane. Um, he was kind of just, you know, ticking along. We watched a bit of him early doors. He he went after a flag that potentially he shouldn't have done on seven, on eight and, and put it over the back. And in nine, which is a big brute of a par four, four sixty up the hill, he just turned one over, put it down the bottom of a quite a steep ridge, maybe seven feet, and then just hit a chunk chip and the ball rolled back to his feet. Now, in fairness, some gobshite with a camera phone didn't have it on silent, and the little that little record bleep went off. Oh, so and he asked words, that the the problem was he asked him to put it on silent um, before, and then when he, when he actually took his shot, he did it again. Foam no. on silent. Larry chunked yeah. his chip. A really tough shot, to be fair. Like even without it, I think you're still struggling to get up and down. But I don't. I don't think Shane was right on Sunday. I mean, we we saw him. Um, you know, it looked like he had some sort of a cold or sniffling or whatever. So we didn't think he was quite quite right walking around the. Uh, yeah, he did. He did look like he was suffering a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he he lost his temper there with the fan then as well, and it was uh, not not like him from from what we've seen no. of him on the, on the telly. And he just he just fell apart then really after that. I think that was the end of his tournament. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I have to say, Donnie, I think you tweeted it earlier. Uh, Morikawa's uh, win purse per per event is dumb, like dumb. Um, Donnie, I'll, I'll you give you the stats. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the stats it it's, it's just yeah. So so. I wrote a piece for the for the for the blog earlier on, and listen, it focused on Rory. Um, just a general point we're going to watch golf is it can be very difficult to get the full narrative and story because you can only watch one match at a time, one group at a time. You're scuttling around in 30-degree heat between shots, between groups. Um, so we didn't see Morikawa set fire to the course and, and shoot five under the last seven. Um, we saw him on 18 uh, just about. But in terms of the stats, like now that's 60 pro starts, he has more wins than missed cuts. So he has won six times, which includes which includes two majors on debut that only Bobby Jones has done before, uh, a World Golf Championship, and now um, a seizing tour end. Like, it's just, it's, it's absurd. As part of his 60 pro starts, 24 wins. Um, that includes, uh, yeah, sorry, no, not 24 wins. Sorry, where am I going? 24 top tens uh, and four seconds included in that. Prize money. 23 million so far. It works out as just over 390k dollars per event. It's $1,500 per shot. Jesus Christ. He is, and I, I spent a good bit of time on Friday watching him on the range, and they are laser beams. They do not move in the air. There's, there's, there's no shape. There can be shape if you want it there to be, but he just hits lasers. Again and again, his tempo is he might have mm, he might have a better swing than Rory's. Honestly, no, that's, that's, the tempo of it, how it continually accelerates, but just the consistency nah. of it. Was, nah. Um yeah, wrong, Bill. Yeah, no, maybe so. Maybe we can, edit, we, can, we can edit that bit out for you there, Don, if you want. No, we can't because we're live on Twitter here and there's ah, people yeah. asking questions, but listen, okay, whatever. Yeah, our, our, but the thing, the thing for anyone who hasn't been to a golf tournament or hasn't seen players hit the ball live it's just you don't need to hit the ball you don't need to hit it hard to hit it far it's just it's all about tempo it's all about timing all all of the um the pros just smooth back smooth through yeah uh, and they absolutely bomb even the smaller lads in stature just absolutely hammer the ball 
off the club face and it's it's not true not true trying to absolutely Cremate. bomb it yeah, yeah. exactly it's all, when, it's we, all bad when we spoke to um when we spoke to Carter and shout out to Carter's golf again we had a great chat with him on Friday that's up on the stream if you want to go and check it out but near the end of the that, that podcast we were asking him about swing obviously he works quite closely with Pete Cowan as part of the academy and he told us like fundamentally so much of your fortunes on a golf course are going to be down to your grip making sure it's in the correct position making sure it's robust making sure it, it you're not flipping your hands early and the this week is the most amount of pro golf I've watched ever watched the most amount of shots and if I'm looking at their swings you can get yourself similar in terms of position at the top of your backswing and you can get yourself in similar positions but the way that the energy transfers to their hands to the club head is a totally different thing they they leave it so late to square the club head that's the thing and you, you can actually see it in real time that their hips are gone their body's gone their head is gone, their head is up, and then they release the club face. Yeah. And personally, I just cannot fucking wait to go to the range and start hitting golf balls. Obviously, they'll still be shit. Um, although, four birdies in a row at night golf on Friday will say oh, otherwise. Just but, um, one, sorry, yeah. just one really quick thing there is, uh, I, went to, I went to the Ryder Cup when it was in the K Club back in, what, 2006, 2008? And that one thing, I what you, exactly what you said there, Steve, was, it, like, I thought in my head that the pros would be trying to hit it as, as hard as possible and just through practice, they're able to do it. But it wasn't yep. that at all. It was, they were slow back, slow through. But man, the connection, the connection sound when they hit yep. the ball versus an amateur is, is, is insane. It, oh, do yeah. you know what I mean? It's, yeah, that, yeah, it's like that, that proper snap off, off their the club is just something i've never experienced anyone who hasn't been to live golf the tv and the sound does not do it justice it just doesn't that that connection sound that you hear is crazy yeah no it is and it's the the best comparison or the best and i'm a man for analogies and the best analogy i can give is like someone the uh the amateur would shoot a bow and arrow at a target but the and that would be the sound that it makes and then the, the professionals would shoot a a gun at the the same target and that's the difference it just explodes out of their club face whereas uh, it's all it's all time and it's all contact and hand eye coordination and the rest of it. But yeah, it it it's un, an underappreciated art, I think. Yeah, but it's 100%. starting to become starting to become a bit more appreciated. I think there was one guy this week that played with Rory on Thursday, and I've watched Rory hit a golf ball many, many, many times to the point now where I still kind of giggle a little bit at how absurd he hits it. But Dean uh, Burmeister on Thursday, every time he hit a drive. It sounded like no, nothing like a golf ball hitting a club face. It sounded like a gunshot going off. And he, for most of the day, he had Rory covered by about 10 or 15 yards. Now, the caveat I'll put to that is Rory was noticeably swinging within himself this week. Like, I, like The only time I saw Rory actually go after one was, um, now he would have done it more than just once, obviously, but that 15th, um, where, you know, when he... Ended up, you know, hitting the flag really unluckily and, and going in the bunker. But this guy, Dean Burmeister, my goodness, what a golfer. Like, yeah, he's he's a bit inconsistent. And another guy that was just sending it, and I didn't think he, he was launching a ball as far as he does, is Bobby Mack. Rob McIntyre was so impressive all week. He was awesome. He, uh, he made shots when he needed to. He putted the absolute dimples off it on... Uh, on Friday, um, 
but yeah, those, those two big takeaways in terms of obviously watching Morikow, Morikow with his laser beams, yeah. but the two yeah. most impressive ball strikers that I saw, apart from obviously Rory, um, Dean Burmeister and Bobby Mack were really, really something else. Nice. Okay. And um, sorry, you know, I should have asked this question earlier, so I do apologize for having to kind of circle back to it. But Steve, you played the sister course that the pros played last week. Just, 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 just a quick question. How was that like as a course? Like, obviously, you've played a lot of nice courses, both in Ireland and over here and stuff. How how did that stack up? Probably one of the best in terms of how it's in terms of how it's um kept and how it's manicured and all that. Probably the best. The tee boxes were like uh like putting your tee shot on a green and and hitting it off that. So it was really, unbelievable. Okay. Um, it was a pretty pretty easy course. Now I did shoot a ninety five on it to be fair, but uh, it was it was an easy course off the tee. Um, the, the fairways are wide. The rough is is down. The the big the big thing for me and the big takeaway was just how how fast the greens are that these guys are putting on, particularly in in desert golf and in, in similar types of courses to this. Like you you just hit if if your putt is downhill, and it's it's a sloping green and you you have a big distance to go, like it it's you either have to hit it in the hole or you're leaving yourself four or, or five foot. Like yeah, yeah. Ass kind of job, yeah. It, it just doesn't stop. And the other thing, it's it's a specific type of rough as well that really snags into the club face around the green. So if you are like I, I'd usually fancy myself to get chip it on somewhere close, um, because you're used to the, the type of, of rough, but in the desert golf, it, it is a little bit different in terms of it grabs grabs onto your club, it turns like a, it over. It's like it's, a it's like a Brillo pad. It doesn't feel yeah. like it's actual real yeah, yeah. it's a real yeah. plant. It it feels entirely manufactured. Almost exactly. like a three, a four G pitch or something. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I just enjoyed the day so much. It was probably one of my favorite days of the trip. Now, whether it's a coincidence that Donny wasn't there that day or not. Fuck I, you, mate. I, 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 look, I don't know. I can't say for sure. But uh, here, you know, got, you know, it's bad when I when I see the fucking joke coming. Ah, well, look, there you go. <laughs> I, um, I got to play with a, a South African guy, a Polish guy, and then an Irish photographer. Um, who is just a, a legend to play with. His name's Owen. He works uh, with, uh, he's a, been on the tour for 20 years and just, yeah, just just a great guy. who has a great crack. Swapped, he get, gave me some good stories about who are the nice guys on tour, who aren't the nice guys on tour and, and all that kind of all that kind of crack as well. So yeah, really good day. One of my favorites. Interesting. Um, and you both went to Topgolf, did you? We did. How was that? Donny, I'll let you, I'll let you take take this one. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'll give. Yeah, do you know what? You actually bet me on some of the games. So top in all the games, is, I did. <laughs> give me a fucking break. I man. did. I did also shank the ball, which I put up on our Instagram account. If anyone wants to see a good shank. Yeah, I I literally nearly. I we were on the second floor and I nearly fell off the bloody. Uh, railings. It was the funniest thing of all time because we were taking a whole heap of golf shots and finally decided I'd go on and record one and just this big dirty shank, the dirtiest of shanks. It was, you had your feet so far open and he'd even said we had a couple of beers in us. So we were all talk. We were like fucking, was it Lions or Barry's tea? It was uh, Lions, wasn't it? Yeah. All put the talk into tea. Dirk. I'll talk. There are no more weights. Are, I was yeah. saying, you know, I'm going to try and hit a stinger. I'm going to try and hit a 20 yard draw. So yeah. Steve's like, I'm going to try and cut this little 15 yard fade with a seven iron and just absolutely hustled it. Yeah, it was. <laughs> me, <laughs> but it was fucking, me please, 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 
check out that video. It's on our Instagram. It's it's gas. Um, he needed a bit of persuading to stick it up, but fair play to you, Steve. You got there in the end. I was um, in, like in terms of top golf, right? If you're either a proper golfer or aspire to be a proper golfer, it's maybe not for you because no. so the range ended at about two hundred and five meters. Now it's not that we're bombers around them, but we could hit the back fence, and um, everyone who was there like hadn't like it's like they were swinging a fucking snake around the place. Like we were, it, it's it was actually funny, right? Like so, what, I play off ten, Steve plays off. He says eighteen, but about twelve or thirteen, and 18, uh, yeah. people were actually paying us attention and like asking us for tips and shit because we were the only lads there that were actually getting the fucking golf ball in the air. Okay, um, it it's it's like. Um, golf does bowling so you have points the DJ's banging out tunes there are loads of different games the point system is entirely arbitrary and makes no sense whatsoever yeah. so you don't even know who wins and who loses it's you hit a ball to the target and and one stage Steve got six points and then I hit one next and I got 34 points for a worse shot so but grey crack like yeah, yeah. absolutely but and if you want to go and like improve your swing at a top golf, no, yeah. don't go there. Yeah, I, I I get you, Daniel. I think that what you can do there is you can actually play real courses. So me and Donnie had a crack at Pebble Beach. You play oh, hole cool. by hole. Okay. So you hit your drive and it goes down. You know, there's like a simulator there, so you can see what your club head speed was, what your distance, your carry. Now there was there were a few times when uh, Donnie found the ocean quite a lot, and it's it's a stroke play <laughs> event, so he wasn't too happy. What happened like. It happened like twice. Yeah, well, no, it happened more than that. But it, it, you got <laughs> fucked. You got fucked once because he the the ocean was on the right on the screen, and Donny hit it left. But somehow he ended up in the ocean again. So I I I wasn't complaining. Obviously, I beat Donny by I don't know ten to fifteen strokes in that uh, um that little stroke play event. All right, well, well, so, you'll be hearing from my lawyers because that didn't happen. But okay, yeah, but, go on. But Carry listen, on. Donny, we ha- the only solution here is to have a real ma- a, a rematch down in the real Pebble Beach in, in California at some point. So that's that's definitely on the, the cards. That's an absolute deal. Yeah. Perfect. And then um Top Golf was Thursday. Friday was night golf at the Emirates Club, which is yep. um Nick Fowler designed the golf course, but there's also a par three. So we got to play um in an 11, 11 team scramble, I think it was, with all the media. So myself and Steve were on different teams. I got paired with three of the Getty Images guys. So shout out to Kirk Yoshin and Luke. Legends. The nicest fellas in the world. And because they were photographers, they just they, they managed to take some great pictures and great angles. Uh, somehow, even in a scramble, managed to birdie four holes in a row. I missed one of the putts, admittedly. But uh, we came second. My team came second. How did you get on, Steve? Uh, not great, to be honest. <laughs> Didn't come Any second. Any birdies there, mate? No. Nine pairs. And Donnie, I have to say, you you got yourself a nice little bag as well. I, I see. I won nearest the pin, and I took it off uh, David Facey, who was common, who was after twenty eight years as being a golf journalist in the UK. Um, it was his final ever event. He was going into retirement, so there was a big speech, and David got um got a putter and a wedge, and I was really hoping to pick his brains actually as a sort of aspiring golf journalist myself. Um. It never actually came to pass, but the nicest fellow in the world. Um, he won all the other prizes, so I had to oh, take okay. nearest to pin off. And my hit one to about three feet, um, with a I think it was about 130 or 125 or something, so I had a pitching wedge in hand. But yeah, it that was awesome. That was 
potentially my highlight was playing night golf with the skyscrapers all around you and good company. They gave us, they fed us full of drink. They fed us full of burgers. And it, um, it was, it was, yeah, it was great. Like so yeah. much fun. Nice. Yeah, no, and to fair now, I, I'm definitely looking forward. I know for anyone listening, obviously we will be trying to do more of this and going, you know, inside the, uh, the ropes a lot more and hopefully now I'll be at the next one. So it, it looked like serious crack. Though. Definitely, man. Your, your coverage was uh, very good on like Instagram and stuff. I think you uh, kept us up to a uh, date and stuff. So fair play, G. It was, you know, it was, it was hard. It's, it was harder than we anticipated in that. Getting coverage on the course was obviously difficult. Um, and then just being able to collect content, you, you need to be in like 18 places at once, which is why, you know, three is better than two, mm-hmm. two is better than one, um, and so on. Uh, but yeah, come here, how far into this? We are like maybe 30 minutes into the podcast. We haven't talked about Tiger yet. Oh, yes. I mean, that three second video. And then, Brew, you have a conspiracy theory. Lay it I on. do. I do. I mean, it was straight after. Now, granted, golf is a growing sport. It's getting more. It's getting more eyes, more sponsorship. I get that, but it just seemed to be very coincidental. Oh, money! Just very coincidental that a video of Tiger swinging a club, which first of all, not expecting him to even be able to play golf when he was in the accident. There was talks of him maybe not being able to walk properly or whatever. Let alone yeah. swing swing mm-hmm. a club. And now you see him swinging a club. Yes, his right leg is still fully, you know, bandaged up or, you know, he's wearing a big sleeve on it. So it's it's hard to see how much damage there really is. But he looked fairly fit. He looked f- fairly able in terms of being able to swing the club. And a day after, there's a video of him swinging possibly a big comeback. All of the sponsorship and uh, prize monies of all tournaments for next year goes up by about 10 to 15%. I don't think that's a coincidence, personally. I think they're like, when Tiger plays, more eyes watch golf, therefore there's more money available. But look, well, that's that's wrong. a fact, bro. Yeah. It's a fact that when Tiger plays, there's more money available, but I think it is just pure pure coincidence. I think the, these types of things, to get that increase in money, these are things that probably have to go through layer after layer of red tape paperwork. It's not just something you can press a button on overnight. So I'm sure like the, the way golf is going, there's just so many, and they're moving into the betting I know the PGA Tour are moving into the betting sphere now, having partnered with DraftKings, and they display odds on things like that. So, like betting companies are having more money than anybody, so that they're obviously pumping a little bit of money into the tour. So, yeah, no, look, I I take your theory, but I think um, I think this time it's just a, a pure coincidence that Tiger happened to post it, and then just it let went, me have uh, a dream, Steve. Right? Let, me I, dream. let me dream for. Well, one. listen, I'm a I'm I'm a realist brewer, right? I try to keep, keep it real. That's fair. Um, but yeah, no. Um, look, I, I I think it is it is it is great to see Tiger uh, swing a, a club. Do I think he'll come back next year? I hope so. I don't think it'll be for something like the Masters. I think that's a bit too soon. Even though I know it's four months away or whatever. Um, you it's know, really not be. yeah, really that's not the thing. God, I'm, thing I'm, is, I'm daring to dream here, man. I'm like, with, with an absolute how, how... specimen that that he is, it's so hard to know. You know what I mean? The it's, guy already owns, like he already owns the greatest comeback in the history of any sport. I'm sorry, but he does. Now, there's a shout for Alex Zanardi. I don't know if you know Alex Zanardi's story. If you don't, just Google it, and it's pretty incredible as well. Although not what's happened since. Anyway, um, he can't like the thing is he can't do it again 
but he probably fucking will. Man, if he's and, in a car crash and comes back and wins another major, just 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 close the book on the goat. Don't open it ever again. Lock it away. Throw it into he the wants, ocean. Um, it's done. He wants Phil's record. He wants Phil's I record. I saw that. Too, and you, you know? see Phil bantering but, back with him. Fair play. Yeah. Fair play to Phil. That was actually great banter. I mean, see, Phil only banters with certain people on Twitter. Like, I mean, one yeah. of them just happens to be a fairway finders That's on Twitter, it. but you know, That's it. humble brag and all that shit. <laughs> only the greats, Danny. Only the greats. Yeah. Do you know, only my, the, the last only thing the I wanted to say. Yeah, exactly. Exactly <laughs> that. The, the last thing I wanted to say on Tiger is I saw some articles of people fucking analyzing his swing with a wedge. Ah, stop. <laughs> it's up and down. It is at. Forty percent. Will you catch yourselves on? That's um, clickbaiting nonsense. Yeah, it's just clickbaiting nonsense. Um, but yeah, just even though we had the best week ever at the DP World Championship and inside the ropes and meeting all the players and having drinks with the caddies and and all this surreal crack for golf lovers like we are, I think my favorite moment all weekend was seeing Tiger swing that club. And that that's all you need to know about the guy's status yeah. in the game. Hundred percent. You know, my favorite moment was Donny. It was meeting uh, meeting Alan Shearer, and then it turns out it wasn't Alan Shearer. That's all right. I have to say on it. Right. I'll let you. You're, you're a better. You're a better storyteller than I am, Donny. So oh, I fucking genuinely. This was the funniest thing that happened all weekend. So the 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 after party thing that you know they had, and they have live music and all that crack. We arrived down. We were heading to the airport that night, but we had some time to kill, so we arrived down actually. Um, straight away, we, we bumped into Bob McIntyre and we're chatting to him. How are you, Seamus? He doesn't Sorry, want to talk to you, All right, fair enough, fair enough. Anyway, um, talking to Bobby Mack, talking to his agent. Um, his agent got great crack out of our story in terms of starting the lockdown and now we're here, you know, and, and that was all good. Bobby was a legend. I was telling fellow lefty, all that crack. We then met Dwight York, who was sound as a pound now steve got a picture with him i refused to on principle because you know he's a united legend and i can't be having that Sunday but, so that, was, that was two down so we're, <laughs> we're sort of now we're now celebrity hunting we see who do we see over the way alan fucking shearer how is he how are you alan looking well yapping away i was like yeah well i definitely want a picture with alan shearer because you know that's that's pretty legendary um so we stood sort of beside him like a couple of spare pricks for about 10 minutes we were chatting to uh one of our south african buddies that we met over there um, and then eventually it was like, right, this is ridiculous. Let's just go and talk to him. So we sort of went up and I said hello to him. And then I heard back an extremely non-Geordie accent, followed by a dude who actually, in my mind, was like, Jesus, Alan Shearer is a bit short, isn't he? <laughs> ben goes in a very fucking London accent that he lived in Dubai for eight years. So, right, we've approached this dude and we're right fucking beside him and it's Alan Shearer. And I wish we got a picture because it's Alan we Shearer. We should have got a picture because it was him. We like, really I remember, like the, We really like, should have. Everyone knows that Alan Shearer looks like he's on, he's on match of the day every week and I was 100% convinced. And the worst thing about it was now that we'd gone up and chatted to him, we couldn't just walk away, you know. You didn't want to be rude to the guy and, and just walk away saying, "Ah, actually, you know what? You're not Alan Shearer. Good luck." So we're there chatting shit to this guy for about ten minutes about uh, about life and whatever else until uh, we we made our exit swiftly. But yeah, definitely, definitely the highlight of the week for me. I'd say, Donny. It was the it was fucking hilarious because I couldn't look at Steve because I knew if I looked at Steve. I, I didn't know if Steve had copped it when I copped it, and I'm not sure if he did it or not, right? Because you're 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 shy on the drink, mate. You got you you don't have the stones to handle the scalping. Do you know what I mean? What are you talking about. Anyway, 
I couldn't look at Steve because I knew like the penny had now dropped and while he was saying that he'd like worked in finance and was living out here and was a member of the course and all this sort of stuff. So it was grand. So now we're just this talking to a lad from London lives out here. That's grand. But we've gone in there in the pretense that we're going to get a picture of Alan Shearer. And I swear to God, a yard away from him, it's still him. The way he was dressed, it's him. The way it, he was groomed to fuck, it was him. The way he was wearing the most expensive golf clubber on the market, it was him. And yet it wasn't him. So after about five minutes of going, yeah, 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 pretending that we, you know, pretending we were doing a shit, um, we just sort of snuck off and had some fucking laugh over that one. We did. I'm still convinced it was Alan Shearer, but Alan Shearer putting on an accent. But we'll, do you know what? We'll never know. We'll never he was know. Five foot seven. Man, he was five foot seven. Yeah, but people get shorter as they get older, don't they? So maybe he shrunk a bit over the years. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Anyway, look. Who knows? It was very funny and it, it did kind of cap off. It, it didn't even cap off the day because we got back to the hotel and we were just going to chill out. I was thinking of going for a nap and we were we were chatting with um with a heap of the boys' caddies, with Tyrrells, yeah. with um with Sergio's, all of that, and just just having good conversations as people who love golf and just watching the Leeds Spurs game. And it was just cool to meet those guys and, and yap away to them. And I congratulate them that they've got some time off because those lads work their ass off. They really do. They yep. are traveling the world. They are working so hard in the sun, the heat, and all sorts of conditions. And for them now, I know Tommy Fleetwood's caddy uh, had to had to split, but he's got like eight weeks off to spend with his family. So yeah, top lads. I'm sure we'll see them again. Um, and that oh, kind of capped off. That capped off the week. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, as you said at the start, there's so much shit to talk about and not enough time. And um, but I do know, Donny, we have an event this week that I think you somehow managed to find some time to to do some research on, which I haven't. Um, but yes, so I do. Wanna, do you want to give us? Because you're a true professional, Donny. Do you know that? I'm just a, I'm just a pawn here going along for the ride. But um, do you want to give us a, a rundown on the is the Joe Berg well, Open? Am I right? Do you know what? Did I get that right? Joe yeah, it's the Joburg Open in Rand Park. Um, Dean Burmester is the eight to one favorite. So earlier in the pod, you know, I this guy can seriously hit a golf ball. He's insanely good. Um, but if he's your eight to one favorite, it kind of indicates what the likely strength of field is here. So this isn't going to be the biggest and longest preview of the year. As I said, it's in Randwick. I think it's like about seven thousand four hundred yards, par seventy one. Um. There's a load of South Africans in the field, as you'd expect. Um, let me just quickly pull up the uh, the betting market here and see who else we have. Um, and I've got three picks. One pick I'm actually really intrigued about because um, it's a guy who's got an insane junior record who has now just gone pro recently and has got a decent uh, he's got a decent record at Round Park. Um, and I'm going to get to it now. I just want to give you a quick rundown of the odds. So as I said, Dean Burmeister is actually 9-1 to one favourite. Dylan Fratelli, 18s. Wilco Nienaber, 20s. Roman Langask, 20s. Uh, Johannes Veerman's there. Maddie Jordan, Sean Harris. So it's a fairly weak field, but it should be a fun one. Um, yeah. A couple of names, Donny, as well, just of people who are more regular European tour players. So you've got... Um, Niall Kearney, Irish boy, is going over there playing. He's 80 to 1. Marcel Seam, 66 to 1. He's probably one to look out for. Uh, Danny mm-hmm. Van Tonder, who's I, I know you're a big fan of his, is playing. Dale Whitnell. Maddie Omanacero. Yeah, Maddie Omanacero is back in the field as well. Um, who's another another big name from the past. Cormac Charvin, 
he's way down the field. So yeah, there, there's a lot of, there's some of the top South Africans in the field. And then you've got your more, no disrespect to them, but more journeyman European tour um, pros playing as well. So yeah, it's actually, it's actually a decent field. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good field if you're looking at um if you're looking down the future um yeah more so than right now. So I've got I'm quickly I'm going to give you I was going to give you three picks. I'm actually going to give you four. Um, so no, I'm going to give you three. <laughs> My fourth right. So I was all in based on watching Dean Burmester last week. I was all in saying you know I know it's a stupid price nine to one. It's a stupid price. It it really is. But I mean he won the Tenerife Open back in May. 469s away in uh, in Dubai for tied sixth, and he just looked really comfortable alongside Rory on Thursday. Super nice guy, by the way. So really courteous, well mannered. Um, way too short of a price, but uh, yeah, I was going to back him, and then it turns out that he's got a shit record at Rand Park, and also he's admitted that some of the holes don't make him feel comfortable. So that's not good. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Yeah, nine to one. He looked great last week, but okay, dodge him. Right, so the other three I have, Jaden Shaper. They call him the Shaper. It's because apparently he can he can hit a ball right to left, left to right with ease. Course, born yeah. in May, born in May two thousand and one. Does not just fucking upset you, man. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's only twenty. I think he's just turned twenty one. So um, he burst onto the scene last year at the Alfred Dunhill when um, he was he finished tied second, but with a Sunday seventy five, and he could have actually won it. So. Um, he's 40 to 1. He was sixth here last year, um, but it was the South African Open. It wasn't the Joburg Open. And he was 18th, same course, Joburg Open last year. Um, in terms of the Sunshine Tour, which goes on just within South Africa, he's five top tens in his last eight starts. Kind of would have hoped for a bigger price than 40 to 1. Um, but a lot of the South African guys, you know, well known names, especially Louis Eustazen, are really bigging this kid up and really impressed with him. In terms of his junior record, in South African terms, when you consider how many talents there are coming out of South Africa, kind of ridiculous. Won the South African Junior Grand Slam. He won the under-13s, the under-15s, the under-19s, and the under-17s titles. And then he followed it up in 2019 by winning the Juniors Players Championship at Sawgrass. And that was played on the exact same track um, and set up, uh, obviously, as as the likes of Rory and the boys play at. That's something that Sam Horsfield actually won. So, yeah, 40-1 on a weekend field. I would have liked a bigger price, but I'm going to go after it. Uh, See, that's, some, then, that's some pretty big research, Tony, I'm going to say. Like, for Amanda, for Amanda to open this up by saying it's going to be a quick preview to throw out fucking under 13, under 15 stats, that's fucking impressive. Well, I'm a fucking professional, my dude. Yeah, look at um, that. And also, and also, in case you hadn't noticed, I absolutely love doing this podcast, so thanks to everybody for listening. Um, last pick, <laughs> you mentioned him. I'm going to take Marcel Siem, 75 to 1. Good man. Uh, he won... So he's a, he's a legend of the European tour, but he kind of lost his way for a while. German guy, very, very likable. Um, one of the feel-good stories of the major season was his tied 15th at the Open because we haven't seen him in quite a while. He'd lost his card. So he's back on the Challenge Tour. Um, I think he's he's got some exemptions this year, but he won the Challenge Tour in July. Um, he played the, the, the double weekend in Spain, the Andalusia um, and the Mallorca, but he missed both of the cuts. So he's 75 to 1. Take it with a pinch of salt. But they're going to be my three. Uh, oh, sorry. My last one is purely based on chatting to one of our newfound friends on the European tour. Um, Martin Vorster, 150 to 1, still an amateur. 
he is thought of if it's not um if it's not Jaden Shaper, he is thought of as the next big thing in South African golf. Hits it a mile, very young, just getting started, gonna turn pro very soon, and has got a serious record. Um, and I know there's a lot of people um within South Africa who think that he's gonna be very big news. So that's Vorster, which is V O R S T E R. He's 150 to one. Maybe that's worth a little cheeky uh, bet at top 20 at a price of about I don't know, maybe 12 or 14. You know what, Donny? I actually I have one bet to throw in there as well. Um, not for reasons that we usually pick um players on this podcast, but my one one bet for the week is going to be a two hundred to one shot by the name of Luke Brown. So he's a South African guy. First reason I'm backing him is that one of my good pals from back home. His name's Luke Brown. He's going to be taking part in the, the Fairway Finders Invitational uh, that's taking place in a couple of weeks down in in Kerry. So you'll see a bit more details about that. But the other thing is that he won on the Sunshine Tour two weeks ago. Uh, and I believe the last tournament he played, he went off as a, a very short price, somewhere in the 20 to 25 one, 20 to 20 to 5 one, uh, if I can say that properly. Uh, Which you can't, so, you it up twice. Yeah, no, I can't. So I'm just going to move on swiftly. But yeah, he's, <laughs> he's 200 to one for this uh, this field. So um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have a little bet each way on, on Luke Brown, 200 to one. Very nice. We like that. Um, so yeah, I think that wraps us for this week. Like again, thank you all so much for listening. Um, we are really here living the dream the last couple of weeks. Um, if you enjoy what you've listened to, if you got this far, I would Jesus to God hope that you've uh, you've hit the old follow button on Spotify or on Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. It really genuinely does mean a hell of a lot to us. Um, we're also on Twitter at Finders Fairway. We're on Instagram at the Fairway Finders Pod. Also on Facebook as well. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's a wrap for us from like an unbelievably tiring, exhausting, but thrilling week uh, in Dubai. Yeah, Danny, I have nothing else to say. My head, as I said at the start, is in the bin. I need to go to sleep. Uh, so that, that's what I'm going to do right now. I'm glad you didn't say that at the top of the podcast. Yeah, well, we can edit it out and put it in the top, can we? Just, so we, just to set the tone. No, no, I'm not. I'm, right. I'm telling people we're in tip-top shape. All right. This. All right. It's up to them whether they decide that we're in the bin with our minds or not. Yeah. Well, what a pleasure this has been, Donny and Brew. What a what a what a great time we've had. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna head off and go get some get some much needed sleep. Yeah, go on, boys. Talk to you soon. Goodbye to my esteemed colleagues. Chat to you soon, guys. Thanks a million. Just take a moment to admire the fact I just hit a fairway. There's, there's only two things that can happen. You can hit a good shot or a bad shot, so why waste time doing it? And where I would go, I, wherever I set course records or whatever, I would be barefooted, drunk, playing golf, making every 20-footer I looked at. Right at it. Right at it! Oh, oh he's done it again! This is the dumbest hole I've ever played in my life. Come on then, Shane. Knock it close. Shane Lowry is the Open Champion.